You're listening to Hear and Obey, our Monday episode of Make and Multiply, a podcast for the people of Emmaus Road Church. My name is Ryan Chase. I'm one of the pastors at Emmaus Road, and today I'm joined by Mark Christensen and Matt Grun, and we are talking through Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through 31. Matt just preached this yesterday as we wrapped up our three-week series here in January on Habits of Grace. Uh, Greg started that off at the beginning, preaching on the the practice, the habit of meditation on God's Word. I preached the week after that on community, visible community as grace, source of God's grace in our lives, and then Matt preached here on prayer. Next week, we'll be back into Exodus, but let me read this, and we'll talk through this together. This is Acts 4, 23 through 31. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Lord, thank you for your word, for the example of the early church and this prayer in particular and the way that it instructs us and motivates us and encourages us in prayer. Uh, As Matt said yesterday, we do ask that um, this year, 2023, that we would grow as the people of Emmaus Road Church in this practice, this habit of seeking you in prayer. And uh, Lord, would you bless this time we have as we talk about your word, meditate on it, um, so that it gets worked down into our hearts, in our minds, that it would bear much fruit for your glory and our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. I'd like to start with observations, <clears throat> just paying attention to what's going on in the text, and uh, always good having just heard it yesterday, heard it preached, reading back through it. Anything stand out to you guys? Anything strike you this time through? Yeah, I mean, I think here in Acts 4, starting in verse 23, they come back and there's something to talk about. There's something that just happened. Um, and so when they get together with the people, their first impulse is to cry out to God. And Matt, I thought it was helpful your introduction yesterday, just saying whether it's whether you're a Christian or not, there's something instinctive when things aren't going as you think they should be to cry out to some kind of mm-hmm. higher power. Yeah. Yeah, that really stood out to me. Um and I've thought about several times since yesterday. I thought that was a, a great introduction, very helpful to consider the fact that that is our our inclination to cry out to someone or something for help. Hmm. Um, and I've just thought about you know whether that's people crying out to the government hmm. or to uh, social media or you know, people just turn with their grievances, their complaints, their problems, looking for help to someone or something that they think is in a position to help them and do something about it. 
Right. I mean, at its core, when suffering and persecution or some sort of instability comes into our lives, what it highlights is our lack of control, Mm -hmm. our our lack of ability to um, plan and have those plans come to fruition, have our purposes Mm. be worked out exactly how we mean to or how we mean them. And so when when we suffer and when there is persecution, it's just a, a recognition of I need to go somewhere outside of myself mm. um, to somebody that has more control. So like you said, that could be a million different things. That mm-hmm. could be other people. That could be uh, social media. It could be the government. That could be whatever. Um, but that instinct highlights the, the basic reality of what it means to live in God's world in his image is that we were made to commune with him who is in control, mm-hmm. who, who is the one who has made all things and has purposed all things according to his plan. Um, yeah, this, this, you know, when tapped to preach a sermon on prayer, <laughs> where don't you go in the Bible? Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's just in the thing about what's so, what is kind of interesting about, um, the word is that there's there's not really a place in the Bible that says, other than Jesus's instructions, here's how you should pray. But what we see across the board is people praying, mm. people asking and pleading mm. and interacting and communing with God in different ways. Um, and I just, for our purposes, I just my mind fell on Acts four because there's just so much happening in this text, you know, including praying, but also a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the root, it's them appealing to God. At the beginning of the mission, if you will, this is still kind of the infancy. Um, the the persecution is still pretty minor. They're just getting arrested and given it talking to and threats being made to them. Um, but they are appealing to God. And just the way they appeal is so interesting. And one of the things I didn't mm-hmm. mention, um, you know, if you look through the text, Ryan, as you just read it, I think it's like three or four places the phrase gathered together is. Mm-hmm. Um when they had gathered together, they cried out to God, including also in the actual prayer from Psalm 2. Why have the people, the rulers, were gathered together against the Lord? Um, and then, for truly in this city, they were gathered together against. So there's this kind of on what you preached, Ryan, this, this fellowship, this immediate fellowship that takes place with like-minded people. Hmm. Um, and it's just the directions to which they're pointed hmm. is totally yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. So there's a there's a communal aspect to prayer as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they lifted their voices together. Right. Says. So it implies even though there, here's a, a record of a specific prayer. Luke's broader point is they were all in agreement mm-hmm. praying to this end. Mm-hmm. Probably different people saying it in different ways, but praying together. Yeah, I think when I mean when thinking about this habit mm-hmm. of grace, that's what this series has been. So um, meditating on the word gathering in community, now prayer, this, you know, practicing and making a habit of prayer isn't just your quiet time in the morning, you know, praying for your day, praying for your family. That's good. But I think too, to make a habit out of when things aren't going right or when people have needs, whether it's praying by yourself or gathering with others, your MC, others in the church to pray. um, That's a spiritual discipline. That's part of communing with God. Somebody yesterday um, shared this. He had texted me later in the evening and said after the service, um, looking back, realized he had an opportunity right there to stop and pray with somebody and was kind of like, how did I miss that? I just mm. heard a sermon on prayer and mm. kind of instinct in the moment was to say to somebody, I'll be praying for you. Looking back, he was thinking, I wish I would have just stopped and said, 
Let's pray right now. Yeah. And but even that is evidence of God's grace at work, you yeah. know, growing in that habit mm-hmm. or that practice that yeah, it's it's not just a matter of saying, I will pray about it down the road, but let's stop and, and call on the Lord together. What right. a what a great idea. What a what a practical way to put this into practice. And yeah. and that really stands out reading through this again. And and Matt, you highlighted this well yesterday, verse 24. When they heard it, that is when they heard these threats. And these warnings don't talk about Jesus anymore. If you do, here are the consequences that you're going to face. In response to those threats, their response is they lifted their voices together to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that is convicting mm-hmm. when you just think about if our freedoms were under threat. Mm-hmm. Um, would we cry out on social media? Would we cry out to the government? Do we cry out to God? Is that is that where we turn first. So just their example that the very first thing they do is just go to God in prayer. Here's a huge need. Here's a big concern. They go to God expecting that he's actually going to act for their good in the midst of situations outside of their control. That that's, that's encouraging. It's, It's challenging. It's convicting. Do we go to the Lord with all of our cares, great and small immediately, as soon as they be, you know, come to our consciousness yeah i think it also speaks to their example of just uh the function the gospel had in their midst and kind of the fluency of which they had with the gospel um you're right when they heard this news uh of the of what the chief priests had said to to peter and john the threats that they were making so forth um their inclination wasn't to rally or to um you know let's protest or what or let's appeal to a different authority, a different, you know, civil government or civil or magistrate, but rather let's appeal to God. And it just like, even in that example, you just said that that's part of the Christian life is developing, um, the, I don't know what to say, how else to say it, the normalcy of mm-hmm. prayer uh, of the, of, um, of just stop how I think that some of us have a tendency of, well, this isn't the time and place to, to do mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's a, a social, um, pressure, but but rather, it, well, then where is you know right. you know there's a sense of of uh, this is where this is how the gospel's meant to function, and the beauty of it is that, and this is kind of my aim, and is to highlight not so much the doing of prayer, but the one to whom the prayers are addressed, mm. um, because God is the sovereign Lord is the same whether I'm praying by myself in a group, you know, on the side after after a church service or or what have you. Um, he is the same God. And so that constancy kind of can filter down into our lives in the sense of, well, when, when we pray, um, it's not like one point it's more reverent than other others. The circumstances may change, but the one to whom we are praying is the yeah, same. Yeah. And ha- let that have effect in, in encouraging us to go to him, whether alone, together, corporately, yeah. uh, in all circumstances. Yeah, just reflecting on this text since yesterday, the, again, that's one of the things that has stood out to me, that they begin by praying to God. Um, it, it's almost surprising at first because of how broad and just kind of general revelation it is. Mm. Sovereign Lord who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, everything in them. Like, what does that have to do, what does that have to do with? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they start by addressing God as creator, which yeah. is about as broad as you can get. That, that, yeah. That's the very starting point, the very first way that God is spoken of in the entire Bible, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Mm-hmm. So, so they're just going to the starting point. Mm-hmm. But God as creator 
speaks to his power, his mm-hmm. sovereignty, mm-hmm. his ability to work in the world. So, so there's so much there. It, it just reminded me, um, it, you, you made this point. They also pray the word and they quote Psalm 2 to God. Mm-hmm. God, this is your word. You said this. We're seeing it fulfilled in our day. But they're praying the, the word and they're praying the world. Yeah. Like general revelation is, is functioning. They're, yeah. they're looking at the world and it just, it was an encouragement to me as I was reflecting on this text. Um, God intends for the stuff he's made in the world around us to empower us mm. and move us to pray. Yeah. Like we can look at a sunrise, be moved by the beauty and the grandeur of it. We can watch a storm rolling across the plains, see the power of that, and then cry out to the God who rules over that. Yeah. So, so all of it is meant to impress upon us. If, if the weather systems and the universe, the heavens, the earth look big, God is bigger mm. and we have his ear in prayer. And like you said, what a grace, what a gift of yeah. grace that is. And it's, that is the way that the psalmist in Psalm 121 begins his prayer. He says, I will lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. There, there is a, a deep connection between when we cried out to God for help, mm. we recognize we're crying out to the one who is the only one who can actually do anything yeah. about it. Um, the scholar, some of the scholars that I was reading, um, when they look at the the you know more of the the way the structure that Luke used, like where is he borrowing it from? A lot of them think he borrowed it from the Old Testament in uh, what is that? What would that be? Second Kings, where Hezekiah is crying out to mm. God um, when uh, Sennacherib has cir- has has Jerusalem encamped, yeah. circled, and one hundred sixty thousand men are gathered mm. around the city, laying siege. And he 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 thinks that. Uh, this one author I read is saying, maybe Luke is borrowing from there, but you see the connotation. Hezekiah looks and sees danger, and they also quote Psalm 2, which Mm. is a psalm of David where he is saying, I am surrounded on all sides Mm. by my enemies. So there is a a deep connection, as you said, Ryan, um, between recognizing who God is, and not just in not just in seeing a sunrise and seeing the storm go through and, and recognizing the power of God, but recognizing the power of God and his willingness to help me. Yeah. Um, that's where the deep connection comes because when I think on who God is in his majesty and his glory, my prayers could be halted. Mm. <laughs> what right do I have to go to this God and think that he right. cares for me at all? But then the rest of the New Testament culminating in the incarnation of the Son of God to come to us and to walk amongst us mm. and to befriend us the, the whole language of adoption, of being moved from strangers into sons, all that is implying this intimate mm. relationship um, that not only do we get to cry out to God, but he's actually the God who can actually do something mm-hmm. and he's able and willing to help. That's, that changes the tone. Yeah, exactly. And like you said yesterday, it's that relationship that God initiates. Right. It's not us calling out to God and God's finally like, oh yeah, I'll yeah. I'll accept that friend request or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, you know, as we we're continuing on the text, verses 29, 30, 31, these aren't necessarily like new things. Um, now, Lord, look upon their threats. Lord knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, grant your servants to continue, speak your word with all boldness. Um, so these aren't necessarily new things we're asking God for. It's old things that God has promised or God right. has said. So that's why it was helpful when you brought up like, the importance of praying the word. Sometimes when I don't know what to pray, like I just kind of fumble through my words and then I'm done. I'm like, well, that was probably ineffective, (laughs) (laughs) but knowing that 
there are prayers that we can go to and things that are true that we can go to and ask God for. Yeah. Um, it's helpful. Yeah. And, and really what they're asking him to do is to, like you said, to keep his promises, to keep his words. And most directly for the context, that Acts 1 8 promise of, you will be my, Jesus says, you will be my witnesses mm-hmm. and I will give you the spirit to empower you to do that. And so here in Acts 4, they are looking at the persecution and looking at the ramping um, pressure coming on them. And they ask God um, to keep his word in them and that they might continue to function in the midst of it. And so they don't pray, Lord, just take away our, he, take away the, what Calvin calls the vexation, yeah. uh, take away the uncomfortableness. Make our lives easier. Right. Again. He, he prays for, they pray for God, keep us going. Mm-hmm. Um, don't let us falter that, that Al Mohler quote that I thought was helpful mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. just like, Lord, don't let us fold. Don't, don't let us cave. Give us your spirit and help us continue to work out your purposes through us. And, and they recognize, you know, that your hand will continue to keep doing it. It's not us who is doing right. it. It is God himself in the risen Christ who is through his spirit causing healing to happen, causing people to be brought near and adding to their number. They recognize that they have no ability to do that. And that's why this prayer is so unique to me is that it's such a stark contrast between highlighting the sovereignty of God and their responsibility. And they got no issue with it. (laughs) There's not a, there's no question marks in there of how those two things work. They just recognize one is true and one is true. Here we go. Um, Because they say, you know, all of this happened because your hand predestined that they would take place. And now, <laughs> help us to keep going and work out your purposes. And so that's so that should be cal- that is calming to my soul yeah. when I wrestle between those two great truths of the sovereignty of God and our moral responsibility to act. It is calming to just see that early Christians not only saw that, but they just kept going, and yeah. by God's Spirit, they were enabled to continue the mission. Yeah, it's instructive to see how they pray, what they pray for, what mm. what motivates them in prayer, because in in all honesty isn't our inclination mainly to think about hard things and you know, god just make it stop right take it away how, how could this be your will right but th- their eye is so clearly on the ball god has given us a mission to preach this gospel it'd be so easy in that same situation to just kind of take that as an excuse like well we know jesus said to go do this but look these authorities told us to stop and they're going to kill us yeah. <laughs> if we don't stop. And they don't take it as an excuse. They just go to God mm-hmm. for help. And they're praying primarily about, you know, not God stop them, but God help us regardless of what they do. No matter what's going on around us, help mm-hmm. us to be faithful to what you've called us to do. That's instructive, I think, um, when I just think about how we pray, what we pray for, how how we structure our appeals. I, I remember that was transformational for me in praying to just see how often the, like you said, the scripture is full of prayers, people praying, mm-hmm. and we learn something by observing how they pray. And the number of times that prayers are, um, the reasoning is, God, do this for your namesake, mm-hmm. do this for your glory. Um, that's really what they're praying here. Make, make the gospel known through us. Grant that we would continue to bear witness so that the name of Jesus would be proclaimed. Yeah. When that becomes the the greatest goal of our lives and of our prayers, it it, it just, everything else kind of falls into place from there, how to pray, what to be praying for. Mm. Um, because we know 
that's ultimate. Right. And, in all the other circumstances, yeah, we just trust God with that. And if that's the goal of this prayer, which I think it is, and, and, and what is a good and worthy goal for all of our prayers, but if that's the goal for this prayer, there's also worth highlighting the role that community plays in that. Mm. They, they're gathered together to pray together, not bunch of lone rangers off and saying, God, just, you know, help me complete the mission, which is, again, that there's a place for that. But how much more of, of their, uh, how much more able will be they, will they be to be able to, uh, function out yeah. of this and the spirits moving amongst them in community. So there's not this like isolation of, I need to change the world. I need to shape the world, but rather no, as a community, God is working amongst us to take ground. Mm-hmm. And there's a, that's what really the gospel functions by gathering people together for the mission. Yeah. And really that's what we're at. Like at, at Emmaus, we, we believe in gospel community on mission. And those, all three of those components are vital. Mm-hmm. Um, the gospel forms community, which that community then begins to grow. Mm-hmm. And, and that happens here. That's happening here through prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It makes the prayers dynamic. Mm. Today, I just started listening to uh, the audiobook of The Principles of War. Is that Jim Wilson's mm-hmm. book? Mm-hmm. Um, and right away, chapter two, he starts talking about the importance of prayer and evangelism. Um, and so, yeah, mm-hmm. just that exact thing he was saying, it's, it's good to carry these cares by yourself. But when you bring others into carrying those cares with you, praying for those things, um, there's power, there's movement yeah. that mm-hmm. happens. Yeah. The closing verse gives the answer, very immediate answer to their prayer. Mm. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, which would be dramatic and <laughs> remarkable. Yes. But even more significant than that little earthquake or tremor or whatever that is, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. And the fact that these are people who had already been filled with the Spirit, right. Acts 2, the day of Pentecost, yeah. the Spirit comes upon them, and here Luke just says again, and they were filled with the Spirit, is one, an indication that being filled with the Spirit is an ongoing, you can be filled and filled and filled, filled again. Right. Um, so praying for the fullness of the Spirit in our own lives, mm-hmm. that, that's really, like, what is the answer to our prayers that we're looking for to be filled with the spirit. And I just think no matter what situation anybody is, is in right now in their own lives, that's the need, right? right? Like this is a challenge at work. This is a a difficulty at home. This is a, a burden I'm carrying. What do I need? I need the fullness of the spirit so that whatever those circumstances are, I can be walking in the spirit, bearing the fruit of the spirit right. in that situation, mm-hmm. love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, whatever. So that's an answer to prayer. Sometimes we, we just think of the circumstantial, mm. well, I prayed that God would change this and nothing changed. So he didn't answer my prayer. Right. Um, but praying for the fullness of the spirit in the midst of whatever circumstances God has yeah. assigned by his sovereignty and his wisdom, that's, um, that's different. Yeah. And the text here implies that the boldness by which they were speaking came as a result of the giving right. of the Spirit. Right. So one empowers the other. Yep. Um, and that's what's so interesting, because they don't pray, they really don't pray for more of the Spirit. They pray that he would continue to give them boldness. Right. But and what the God, answer is, the answer is, I'm going to give you more of my Spirit, which produces yep. boldness. And that's what is so revealing. And really, in a lot of ways, God gives them much more than they thought they mm wanted or knew or were even asking for. Yeah. He he gives abundantly. And that's what's so you know, if that 
like you were saying, if that, if I have that thought, rather than God, give me courage or give me this and that, which is, you know, we should pray for that. But recognizing in order to do that, I need something to, mm-hmm. I need, I need, a, I need the, the fuel. I need, I need the thing that empowers that very process. And so what we ultimately need is more of the spirit. And that's yeah, why yeah. at the beginning I said something that you know, came to me as I was praying on it was the, the ultimate grace that is prayer that the blessing that comes from prayer is not what we get from god but the fact that we get god himself Mm. and that's what prayer is it's communion with him it's being one it's being in uh in relationship with him and then out of that being near to god and be giving his spirit through the finished Mm. work of christ Mm. now comes the power now comes the fruit that that's so helpful Mm even just the way you start out at the beginning talking about prayer is a, a gift of God's grace to us, mm. the access that we enjoy to God, the communion that we have with God, that's that comes through Christ Jesus. Um, that that guards us against thinking about prayer in a very transactional way. Right. Like if I pray enough or if I pray the right things, God will reward that with, you know, like kind of like a vending machine. Right. Then I it's get the machine. thing I'm praying for. So I got to put the coins in and then hopefully get the, mm. the product out. Um, but that makes it much more about merit, which is right. why you can fall into those traps of thinking of prayer, almost like saying the magic words or <laughs> trying Pray, to figure out how to get God, enough. convincing God. Right. Yeah. Praying long enough to show God you really mean it. Right. And then, then you'll get what you're praying for right. or, or, but to see it as grace that even just having his attention, having his eye on you and his ear open right. to you, having fellowship with him through Christ Jesus, all of that is already grace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just praying mm-hmm. is a gift right. of grace and you have God and that's what you need the most. And, and oftentimes that's what we're reminded of in prayer. We go into prayer with our hearts heavy, burdens, yeah. cares weighing us down, and it's in communing with God in prayer that we are changed mm-hmm. and we remember He's the sovereign Lord of heaven and earth. He made yeah. it all, and I do trust Him, and I am relying on Him, and and then experiencing more of the fullness of the Spirit. So that that that's encouraging to me. I know at the start of this new year, um, again, just desiring to grow in this grace this mm. year. Yes, that is. I think that's a, the humble aim of all of us. Is is this to be? And you know, at the beginning of the year, when you're as we go through all these habits of grace, you know, just. <laughs> The aim is not we need to read the Bible more. We need to pray more. We just we need to be, get together right. more often. That's not the goal. Um, if that's the result, that's the fruit of of this. Then excellent. But but that will always if that's the motivation and the means that will always be frustrated because yeah. it's it will always be a oh, I didn't this morning. So oh, there it goes. My yeah. whole year is ruined. Right. Um, but rather to see it as a as a grace, as a place to, to position ourselves to receive mm. God himself through his word, where we can now respond to him in prayer and then to enact it and flesh it amongst ourselves yeah. in fellowship. That's, those are, that's grace. That's, that's the grace of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think when we think about application, then how do we live this out in our lives? The one thing that has just struck me in these last two days is when I go to God in prayer, he already knows what I need before I ask him. And he often knows how I need it different than the way I'm asking. Mm -hmm. And so just being confident that it's not like God did not answer my prayers, but um, he's given me what I need Mm -hmm. um, 
which like you said, Matt is often more of himself. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's good. Praise God. Well, we thank God for his word and Matt, thanks for unpacking that for us to yes. encourage us in this, this practice, this, yeah. this habit through which we enjoy communion with, with God. Mm. Amen. Thank you guys. Yep.